Welcome, welcome to A Bridge, the podcast brought to you by Nard and Pat Alphonse. On this show, we will discuss topics ranging from lifestyle, sports, entertainment, and events that shape our lives. None of this would be possible without S Street Media, so please hit the subscribe button, like, and share. It is because of them, our families, and the loved ones that all this is possible. So today we bring to you episode four. How are you, Pat? My man, no, what up, baby? Everything good? Nah, it's cool, yo. Happy today, to be back. That's what's up. Today is going to be crazy. We got something real different for you. Today we bring to you something real rare to, to us. The only person I know that does this personally is Nana Sanderson, a New York City fireman. So we have him for you today. Nice, you know, welcome, nice, Nana. Nice. Thank you. Thanks for Thank you for having me. Nah, this is big, man. Like wow, like 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 you a fireman, Duke. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's serious. crazy. Like, I think about it like that too. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like, like it's like every child's dream. Like, like from where we come from, and we talk about it, it's, it's it's hoops, it's baseball, it's basketball, it's football. Sometimes athletic, you know. That's what joined. And you also had a love for the game. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it's their dream to play basketball or to play professionally when they grow up. At what age did you pivot and and want to become a firefighter? Um, I think when I was in college, I don't remember when exactly, but uh, basketball, I mean, it, it wasn't happening. And I loved the game, but I didn't, and I realized from watching like my one of my best friends who ended up going to the NBA, that I didn't have the same motivation. Okay. You know, okay. Like, which friend? Which friend is that? Uh, Gary Forbes. Oh, Gary Forbes. Okay. So, cool. like, you know, watching the way he worked, like he really, right. really worked. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had a stint with Denver for a minute, right? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, dope. Shout um, out to Gary. Yeah. Shout out to G. And I, I was with him actually, like during before he got in the league, I was with him working out, going right. up to the Connecticut, helping him work out and stuff like that. And I was there when he got the call actually. Oh, that's uh, big, you know, man. He was getting his shot, and um, but for many years before that. I saw how he grind and work so hard to get nah, to that it's point. A, it's a serious grind, but I mean the grind gotta be, gotta be tough for what you do too. Absolutely. So at at that point, that uh, transitioning to like, it was a reality. It was a, it, it hit me that you know I love the game, but it's not my passion. Okay. You know what I mean? And it okay. wasn't my end all be all. Okay. You know, so even like going through school, playing ball. Which you go to school at? And everything. I went to Benjamin Banneker uh, okay. uh, in Brooklyn. And then, uh, funny thing, um, my senior year, well, Banneker was kind of like Duke, our basketball team. Right. You know, we went to the city championship twice. We won it once. And um, the program was like, it was very structured, organized. We ran plays. Who, who coached on at Banneker? Wendell? Yeah, Wendell okay. was our like, coach. Shout out to Wendell. I think yeah. he played at the hand. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he played at the hand, he right. Did. So, you know, we had a very structured program. So, even though we were winning, nobody really stood out as, like, a star at the time. Right, right, right. And then uh, Gary had transferred. A few guys who played on, funny, the name was the, the Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge. They ended up being Juice. Okay, Juice All Stars. All Stars. Yeah, so uh, a few of those, a few of those go, guys Pat. left. Corny Allen again. Here we go. Ready again. Episode, these dudes show up. Yeah, but all the guys that was on the team – there were from um, Fort Greene. Okay. And a couple of, of us from Best Style. It was like during the inception of the team. Okay. So a lot of them left, a few of them left. Uh, they ended up going to Lincoln, Coney Island. Okay. Uh, Gary came back our sophomore year during the end of the season. Won a championship. That was in the B division. We moved up. We were like one of the best teams again. Okay. You know, we won. But his junior year, he went away to basketball camp. 
And I co- Saunders was like against that. Like nobody would really can't stay here and work out yeah, and play AAU as right, well. Right. But that's where you make your name. Right, you right. You know what right. I mean? So G came back, he's like a ranked shooting guard nation, like number five or something okay. like that. Yeah, so you got no camp. choice. Right. It's like because yeah. he was like, Oh, am I playing when he come back? Of course you're gonna play number five shooting guard nation. Right, right, right. So I brought more attention. And then uh my senior year, I went to basketball camp and then I started to make my name. I went to Easton. You know, okay. I made one of the all-star games and everything. Nice, nice. And uh, coming back home, I ended up, I, I got stabbed a few times wow. at a party. Yeah. Wow. So going on, it was like, it's Brooklyn, not going to be any boy. basketball right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm like, so I'm home convalescing, and then one day I get a call from uh, Bill Musto. He was at uh, Farmer at the time. Okay. He used to be a Juco. So he, uh. They went for you. He called me and he's like, hey, uh, is this not a Sanderson? I'm like, yeah, who's this? He told me who he was. He told me the school. Right. And I was like, well, my situation right now, before I could finish, he's like, yo, I heard what happened. I already know. And I know you didn't sign for any scholarship or anything like that yet. And there's no schools that's going to take you right now. But I'll right. take you. Okay. At the time, I'm like. Shout out to him. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, they got their interest. <laughs> yeah, they got but, the interest. So, but at the time it was D3. My mom was like, well, I'm not going to go play ball D3. I was just getting recruited to go D1. Right, right. And I was like, I'm not going to pay, you know, to go to a school because I wouldn't get any aid. I'm not going to pay, have to go to class and play ball. Right. So I actually went there for a semester, got healthy, worked out and everything, left. I went to uh, Globe. Okay. And after that. that By that time, that's when Globe was like coming on the scene, right? Globe. Yeah, Globe was on the scene already. Oh, it was on the scene scene. already? Yeah, the name got kind of popping. Okay. And it's funny because when I went, to check them out. Because they kept sending letters, sending letters all the time. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to go there. But then um, I went one day and a dude that I was in camp with, I remember he was like one of the best players there, Jamal Warren. Shout out to him. He ended up playing in Cincinnati. Okay, and shout out to Jamal other, Warren. A couple other dudes who played big time. I guess they were having issues at whatever schools they went to. And they came. And we was like, yo, what's up? I was talking. I'm like, all right, well, to hell with it. We all going to go here. Right. Went there. We had a crazy season. Season ended bad. It ended like. It was a playoff game. The way we lost was just ridiculous. Wow. So our coach at the time, he wasn't really – he wasn't a basketball player or anything like that. He just – Had a job. Inherited it. Kind right, of, yeah. right. Okay. So his outlook was like, oh, I know next year, you know, this is going to be a totally different program, blah, blah, blah. I think all you guys should leave. And it was just like, I don't want to be here. Right. I transferred out of there. I went to – um. The life, the life of a basketball <laughs> player, boy. Uh, right. New York City Hooper will transfer, dude. All right, so, but he made it clear like you should. This is okay. what he was saying. Now, it almost seemed like I was going to inherit the team next right. season. Like, all right, it's my time. Because I was the only freshman who was, like, playing the minutes I was playing. Right. And I was doing work. I was, you know. So, he's like, I know you think it's going to be your team, but I'm recruiting over you next year, and you probably should go. I don't know. Wow. He was trying to threaten me with something. Because then when I saw him in the summer after that, he was like, yo, where you been? And I'm like, yo, bro, you just basically changed yeah, me out of here. bounce. Yeah. <laughs> so, the guy who was getting all his players, D1, Kev. Kev Jackson. Okay. He calls you one day. I never met him. He calls me. That's Kev's queen, right? Yeah. Queens. Elm Court. Kev's my man. Yeah. <laughs> Kev Jackson. So Kev, he got his whole spiel. He's giving it to me on the phone, and you know, you know, Kev can talk. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let me let me go see what's going on up, you know, uptown. And one of the guys who I played in the bridge with, who went to Banneker, who transferred out, he went. I think he went to Northeastern or Northwestern, one of them. Oh. Whatever happened with him, he ended up coming back. Jamal Dart, uh, and I saw him there. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, we both come full circle to the same stop. Right, wow. And then we went to, we visited the school and everything. You know, being young dudes, we saw, it was, it was a bunch of girls in right, there. Right, 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 right. Definitely know, definitely know what y'all like. <laughs> it was a bunch of broads. Um, I had just got a car, I had an Acura and everything. So I'm like, listen, I don't mind coming up here. Right, right, And I right. got the whip, but what's good? He right. was like, yo, if you go, I'll go. 
I'm like, fuck it, we going, you know? And now Kev and uh, Coach at the time, they, they sold it well. Like, they had uh, D1 coaches coming up there to our workouts and stuff. So I'm like, all right. Yeah, he had a lot of relationships. Right. I'm like, all right, I'll do this, you know? And the talent that we were playing against, it was like, you're going to be head and shoulders above them. Right. That season ended crazy. Oh. Everybody fell off except for me and this other kid. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Gotta take these academics <laughs> serious, people. It was, a, it was a brand new coaching staff. It was their first time coaching. And, um, it was kind of running the muck. So right. towards the end of that, I um, I still had a couple of looks, but it wasn't anything that was sure yet. Okay. You know, so I was gonna. I had started my, considering a career at this time. Not even. No. I had my paperwork in at UMass because I was like, All right, I'm gonna go there. Um, I had worked out there, and I was like, All right, I know I can play here, and if not, I'll be there because two of my G was there, and another one of my best friends was right. there. So I'm like, All right, we're just gonna be here running the muck, and I would go back and forth up there anyway, like. When yeah, I was Jamaica in school. planes and all that. It's a good look up there. <laughs> yeah, so we were up there bugging out. And then um, I had a situation at home, man. I had a wild brawl that turned, turned into something crazy. And uh, weapons was found that, and everything. That lamb turned into a real tiger. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so then I ended up um, going through that situation. And I was like, man, every time I take a step forward, something happens. Right. So I took some time back to regroup, get my situation together, because I was going to court back and forth for right. that. And... Um, my father, he was uh, he was he was in the music. One of my uncles is one of the people that invented house music. He's okay. one of the, like three guys that created house music. That's dope. So my family had a little history. I mean, you in could there. dance. I mean, yeah, I can dance. I, I can dance, dance, but I ain't got nothing to do with the yeah. house. <laughs> so um, my father, when my when my uncle blew up in house music, he was like, All right, I'm gonna try his hand. His things weren't going the way it was, so he figured like I guess it was like I'm gonna pass it on to my my sons. Right. My younger brother started making beat. We had like a full studio setup, like legit stuff. Right. Built, built the uh, booth, all of that. My brother made beats one day, and it was like real good. I rapped over the beat. Now I always would like to rap and rap and all okay. that. Okay. I wasn't trying to be like some superstar, or what it was, but I liked rap. I liked bars, okay. right? I was like a bars. song maker, right? That's what my it was. Man I had rap. Bars. <laughs> like I was one of those like battle rap and all okay. that. Okay. So um, my father was like, yo, this song is good, man. Y'all should try to go with that. So we started pursuing that. We was, you know, doing a little something, something. And at that point, I was just like, all right, I'm not even thinking about boy right now. This, this is what it is. Right, I just, I just fell is. out of it. It wasn't like something turned on and was like, this isn't working. Because I still could play. And I was still getting better. So right, it was right. like, I'm still going ball, you know. And um, so then it was while out during that period, uh, and it had crossed my mind before when I was in school about the fire department. Okay. And there was a big lawsuit with the fire department. They had a racial discrimination lawsuit. Oh, wow. So they weren't hiring for 10 years. They had a freeze on hiring for 10 years. So during that period... So it was just for the good old boys at that time? Yeah, that, pretty that's much. pretty much, you know. Well, yeah, it's a long story <laughs> because uh, there was some discrimination in hiring practices. Right, a friend like, of mine's was mom day. was like one of the first female firefighters. Uh-huh. Um, and she went through a whole ordeal. It was like a big thing yeah. before she went in. Yeah. So yeah, I believe yeah. it for sure. So uh, one of the guys, my brother went to school with his daughter, but at the time I didn't even realize it. He was in the gym. He'd always be in the gym. We worked out, and he was just adamant about, "Yo, y'all brothers, get out there, take the test." Like he was, he was, he was, and he was serious about it. He, he, he was even, about it. Every day he saw you, he was going to bring that up and make sure he talked about it. Right. So it was a guy whose family, and I saw him one day. And he was on the job. And I was like, yeah, what the hell? So I'm like, you know, responding to something. 
And I was like, yo, I know you was doing this. You know, so we talked about it. He gave me the spiel about how the job worked. And I was like, damn, that sounds perfect for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I went, took the test. And um, and I didn't really know how serious it was either at the time because, I mean, I, I, I both of my parents were educators, you know, so I grew up in education was important. I was very, fairly intelligent. And fairly? Yeah, I'm saying okay. that to be, right, to humble, be modest. Okay, you know, appreciate yeah, fake it. humble. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good look. <laughs> I uh, I I went in there, took the test, I got a hundred. Nice. And well, what I didn't nice. know was at the time, as after I got hired, if you had a ninety-eight or less, you probably wouldn't get on the job. Wow. Is, is that is that is that universally or is that is that minority? No, that was universal. Universal. Because okay. that many people took the test. Because there was like a secret before, you know, about right. that job. Once this cat was out the bag, everybody in the world was like, yo, I want this job. They're taking that test. Right. So if about 40,000 people took the test, about 5,000 people got in between 110 or 115 to 98. Okay. And they weren't hiring that many people. Right. So you had to, uh, yeah, score high enough. So when I look back at it, I'm like, damn, maybe I should have studied just in case. Right. I didn't. Fortunately, uh, you know, I scored high well, enough. Okay. Yeah, I got on, and then it was uh, academy was a was, was rough ordeal. I wouldn't want to go back to, but <laughs> uh, the job is is great. And rough, in, rough in a sense that what the um the it rigors. A, yeah, I mean, I was always in shape, so it wasn't so much of that, but it was the conditions. You okay. know, I mean, you were there from sundown to sundown. You didn't, right. you saw no light. Like you had to get up at four in the morning, get over there. A lot of studying because it's totally different. It's a totally different thing. A lot of studying, and you know, I was in there in the winter, so right. we out there. You dealing with water and all that stuff, yeah. and climbing ladders and doing all that. It what's, was very physical. What's one of the biggest misconceptions about a fireman? Hmm. It was a misconception I had. Let me say that. I don't know if everybody else has it, but. To me, a firefighter was like an easy job that anybody could do. It's like, oh, it shoots in ladders. You go in there with water, you go in there and grab something. Right. But it's a lot. It's a little more scientific than that, you know. Okay. And I, I learned that going in. I was humbled actually by like the first exam, and they're like, "Yo, you should guys should study. Just give yourself a heads up." I'm like, "How hard could it be?" I go in there. Next thing you know, I'm like, "Oh shit, I got a 50. I don't even know what I'm looking at." You know, right. I'm like, "I don't even know what this is." It was like looking at Arabic. So then I had to like, all right, let me Buckle actually down. know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool. But like, was there was there another profession that you considered before a fireman, a safer profession? Um, yeah, I always thought. Uh, not always thought, but even when I was in high school playing ball, my mind was like, "Yo, I want to be a lawyer." You know, I, um, I was a history buff. My father's a historian and all the. I um. I, shout out to your dad. Yeah, Wrote shout a out book. to that's big, man. <laughs> shout and, out to uh, Mr. Sanderson. That's big. I don't. I, I didn't want to. Um, I definitely thought I was going to be a lawyer. That was like I was. I was set on that. You know, it was like my father thought he was going to be one of my uncles thought he was going to be, and my mom was like, "All right, I'm going to continue this." And I'm a, you know. So while I was in school, I was studying legal studies. Okay. And uh, I enjoyed it and everything. And then when I found out that. Uh, it's it's not like TV, and it's like you know one of the professors is like you barely go to court. Court is like one of the last things you do. All the work is done outside of court. Right, right, you know? right. The footwork, the paperwork. Right. So all um, the all the, st- all the um the stickies in the book, like holding all, yeah, all, all the motions. That's, that's, what, you, that's what, you, what you call it to do. <laughs> yeah, paralegal and do you know do all that stuff for you. But yeah, that 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 was something I would have done. And honestly, to this day, had I not got on this job, I probably would have ended that. up doing that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's big. Yeah. That's dope. 
Um, and had you dove into that, would it have been like on the, the defense side, like or uh, or prosecuting side? Like, yeah. Well, one thing I learned, well, you went right to criminal, but yeah, yeah that's actually that's what, what the money my is. mind was. Like, nah, that's what the money's not. That's what the money's not. Yeah. Wow. So, and when I learned that too, I was like, ah, you know, the money's business law, you know, contracts, real estate, stuff okay. like that. So. Even though one of my better classes was uh, was real stress in the states, the thing I thought I wouldn't have been interested in, you know, right. coming from where I come from is like, yeah, and that's an actual course, wills, trust, and estates. I mean, yeah, that's when right, I, okay, nah, no, that's yeah. good. It wasn't that. law school, so right, right. I don't know what goes on in there, Look, you know. Okay. But um, yeah, I was uh, I won. I thought I would be a criminal defense attorney. Okay. I'm like, yo, I like proving pro- I like proving points. That's okay. who I am as a person. Like, right. I like proving points. So, you know, and one of my attorneys was like, listen, on a regular basis, the average criminal defense attorney doesn't make that much money because criminals don't have money. That's why they're right. doing money half the, doing crime half the time. Right. Unless, you know, you're defending some big time <laughs> like gangster somebody or somebody like that. Right. Yeah. But right. so, you know, I was just like, oh, damn. Well, whatever. You know, I still would have pursued it. But like I said this job came first. Right. How, how How is the culture overall in the job, especially like with the climate now in the, in the country? Uh. Because, like, you know, I was telling Pat, like, it's funny because I know you probably heard this before and see it. Like, no one's never seen a T-shirt that said, like, fuck the fire department. Right. Like, right. everybody's seen it, like, love you guys. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, the, and uh, yeah, okay, how, how, how's the camaraderie with you guys now and, like, like the police department? Well, that whole thing about, like, fire versus police is always, like, kind of a myth. It's actually the same oh, set exaggerated, of guys. Over-exaggerated. Yeah. They got the football game. You know, okay. the football game. Heard they is, also have, like, the smokers. Like you can like they call each other out and they have boxing matches. Yeah, we, we have a boxing match matches. Too. Like, you have uh, one of one of my guys fought in there too. But um, yeah, they have the boxing matches and they have competitive sports, you know. But as far as out in the field, out in the world, it's the same guys. Okay. Some guys actually used to be cops and they came over to become firefighters. Okay. So it's the same group of guys. There's no there's no beef there okay. between, okay. You know, nah, that's between good. those guys. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you guys, like, uh, risking your lives, like, you know, I mean, really really doing great things. Like, you know, even, like, when, when you're working with the kids, like, like you guys are awesome with those trucks. I've never seen y'all smack nothing. They drive mad <laughs> crazy. Oh, it happens. <laughs> you know? Like, Some accidents happen. Wow, accidents but those happen. joints be moving. Yeah, but, no, um, those definitely skilled drivers. Right, yeah, but, like, you know, just like what y'all do, I commend you. I, comm- I, I, I commend you, your, your brothers, your brothers and all. I'm like, that's serious. And like, like schedule wise, like, how does that work? Because we hear, you know, as 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 people in the, in the public, we hear like different things. Like, you guys work three days, off four, work four, off two. Like, well, your schedule really is. Ultimately, you end up working two twenty-four hour shifts throughout the week. That's okay. just if you keep it basic. You do 24 hours and you get like two or three days off, then another 24 hours. Okay. The schedule is real malleable. So you can do whatever you want. You can work something out with somebody. Right. It's a little more intricate than that because like there's like, you know, there's groups and whatever group you're in, like you get assigned a number and it's like the inverse of somebody else's number and y'all can work schedules out. Okay. So you can you can set it up to where you work one day or no days that week, but you got to work more. The following week. Yeah, so right. it's a very So it's, it's, it's camaraderie, so you guys really like work with each other because everybody has families yeah. and things that like You're definitely going to work something out. You, right. you always pretty much work something out. If something's needed, I'll say 90-something percent of the time, it works out. What what was um, what was it like the first time like you were on a real call? Well, a real call. 
a real coal or a real fire? A real fire. Let me All say right. that. I was going to say, because first, the fire department deals with literally every single emergency in the city. So if somebody wow. calls you because their ceiling's leaking, we end up going there. Right. We get called to so many things that there's nothing we can even do about. Right. But we still find a way to figure out, you know, something to do. But uh, for the smallest things, or somebody needs to be carried down the stairs because they can't walk, you know, we go to every single thing. Right. But we're, it's more than, matter of fire, I'm not going to say it's the least of it. But there's some other things you'll do more than fires. Okay. But uh, my first fire, it was just exciting. It was a... Uh, it wasn't like a crazy ripping, death-defying fire. My very first one was like it was fire inside the ceiling, and uh, you know I ripped the ceiling down, got, and you see the fire. And it's did you like, hear my man? Did you hear my man? What you did? I mean, uh, you got. <laughs> you, 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 nah, you, you have tools. You have tools, and you know he, he you rip the ceiling down. You like, open up the you open up the ceiling. You some, open it up. This is my <laughs> this is my little cage right here, man. Nah, you so open it the up. Ceiling down. You open it up to see what's going on. I saw the fire, and I'm like, oh shit, Louis, fire in there. Pull down the ceiling and then you expose as much as you can right. to make sure it didn't travel, see how far it traveled. Then the guys come in with the water and they put it out. And like, like how much is that? Like, what's the weight on that? Like that hose? Like the hose, I think is about a uh, 135 pounds every 50 feet. Okay. And average fire may take you about uh, four lengths. The length is 50 feet, so let's okay. say about 200 feet. Okay. And it takes a few guys to move that. It takes quite a few guys to move that. So what you have is two units. You have the ladder, what we just called the truck. Okay. And you have the engine. And the, uh, the engine are the guys with the water. Okay. And the truck are the guys with the tools. So the truck goes in first. They try to locate the fire, victims, right, and right, all that right. stuff. And you assist let, who they can. Right. And then you let them know where it is so that the guys with the water can show up. Because the water's not easy to get in place. So once you get it there, it's kind of stuck there. Right. You know, it takes a lot of guys and it's a lot of weight. So when it finally gets there, it's like, all right, you know, they come, they do the the, the heavy lifting after okay. that. Okay. Okay. That's dope. And how many years have you been a fireman? Maybe five years. So five years? Coming that's up. That's dope, yeah. man. Like, that's dope. And what, and, and for them, is it 20, is it 2050? Is it 2555? Like, what's the retirement? It's different because, like, the guys right on the contract before us, theirs is like, 20 or something like that. Okay. Maybe it's like 22 and a half, but it, it switches okay. and it varies. All right, so like you risk your life by running into buildings. Have you ever panicked or hesitated during a real fire? Nah, that's never happened to me. I, um, you train, you train a lot for it, and you might even have a false sense of invulnerability. Like, yeah, listen, you know, when you're young, you feel like, I'm never going to die. I'm, you know. Right. But also, you just, you trust and rely on your training. You trust in the people around you that they're going to, you know, everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to. Right. I've had moments where I realized, oh, this is how things happen. But I didn't feel like I was in any danger. But I was in a situation where I'm like, oh, man, this is how things happen. Right. You know? it, could go, it could have went the other way if everyone is not in, in, right. in one accord. Or if you just, you know, because I feel like some guys are a little extra gun ho you know, because like on our job is something called salty. So salty is like a guy who's like he's been to fires, or he's experienced and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Even if you're a young guy. So if your helmet is like black, it's like oh that guy's salty. <laughs> and you, you may get a, set, a respect that you may not even deserve. You might right. just be standing in the door and the smoke came out and hit your helmet, right. but you get salty. So there's a situation where like I found a fire I was by myself, and I could have went over there and be like, all right, let me get my stuff burned up, and they could be like, yo, that guy's been, you know, like, and I feel like some people probably do stuff like that. I wouldn't right. know, right. but 
that and you can't see. Right. That's another thing about fires. People don't know. Like it's not like TV and the movies where, you know, you see everything and you find bodies. Most of the time, you can't see at all. And, and I kind of, I, I really believe that because um, early on in TA, they used to give us a simulated car like with smoke, mm-hmm. and we had to reach out and touch person for us. Like you really couldn't see once that smoke is mm-hmm. in, the, once that smoke is in the train. And was that smoke white? I don't know, man. I was just following the person <laughs> in front of you. Nah, because it's also different, you know. Like, because when this real a good fire that's really going, the smoke's gonna be black. Okay. So, you know. So the the the, the white smoke means what? It's air, it's air in there. Now, nah, white smoke means this the contents that's burning aren't really like you know that crazy okay, or that it's there not might be gas something natural, or something clean. Like yeah, but now, yeah, okay. it could just be like wood or you know. Right. Or like I said, the fire may not be that crazy yet. But if it's some like artificial chemicals and things like that, then. It'll burn black and you can't see at all. It's like you the my first guest, but I really gotta go to my questions, man. Yeah. So it's like, um like what do they say what do they say about firefighters? Like what are the like the myths about you guys? Like what's some of the biggest myths that you've heard said about you guys? I don't think I've heard any myths. Any myths? Everything's been anything you hear positive is true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anything positive you heard is true. What like what what does your like your um your training regimen consist of? Like what? being in now, like like what, like what do you do in reference to working out? Uh, that is up to you, each his own. Like okay. if a guy never wants to work out ever again, he doesn't have to work out, but it'll show on the fire floor, you know, right. on the job. Uh, but we have a lot of training that we do that you know they they make sure that we do consistently. You know, they'll call you once a week or something like that or we have to drill amongst ourselves and go over stuff to stay sharp because like I said it's a lot of stuff and people's right. lives are on the line so you don't want to go somewhere and it's life or death situation and next thing you know it's like oh I don't know what I'm doing or you make a mistake and kill someone Right. so right. I mean me I just do my own thing to stay in shape you know? okay. have you ever been injured on a job? yeah that happens you, you, you yeah. get injured Yeah. lugging stuff right? yeah lugging stuff things fall on you and this, this question right here it's for all the S Street Media female fans. So anybody watching right now, go to S Street Media, <laughs> like, share. You know what I mean? Give me a thumbs up. You know, really support those guys. Subscribe. But um, have you ever posed for the fire department calendar? Never. Nah, but you're like a model, my dude. Negative. I'm not, <laughs> and I will never. I get that question all the time. <laughs> that's like, that's a common question? Yeah, I always get that question. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> but you got guys on the job that's on it crazy. Su- support to those brothers who do. <laughs> the brothers. Yeah, okay. Okay. How do you condition yourself mentally? Um, It's exciting. So you already, uh, for me, you know, it's exciting. So I, I look forward to that kind of stuff. I mean, it gets to a point where it's, it's natural. It's just like, all right, you know, uh, I'm going in here to do my thing. Right. You try to read consistently or it's a good thing to do to read as much as you can so you can stay sharp stay focused and know what's going on but uh, I'm comfortable when I trust in the people around me and I trust in my training that you know you what? Always, most thing, most like the thing that'll most likely happen is I'd get excited okay pause to what's, be like yeah I'm in what, there what's the scariest thing that has happened to you um I I haven't had a scary moment really, but what would have been probably the scariest moment is I was in a I was in a fire, uh, the whole building was on fire actually. That one actually looked like one of them things in the movies, TVs, uh, and like 
I guess it was, it, I realized later it was the stairs, but I'm like, what the hell? Like, things are falling on my head. Heavy, like 60 pounds and better, you know? Wow. You can't really see what it is, but I'm just like, hey, what the fuck is that? I'm thinking the building might be collapsing or something. If the building collapsed, then, right, you yes, know, yes, that's yes, a totally yes. different animal. Wow. That might have been the uh, most dangerous situation that I can that I can say really happened. Now, other things might have happened that I didn't see and I wasn't aware of, and I right. don't know. But that was the only time where I thought, like, I'm like, yo, what's was it a Was it a large-story building? It was three-story building. It was like a, a row frame, a brownstone-type okay. uh, building. And the funny thing is that um, the kid whose house it was, I played ball with him, actually, like on the wow. weekend and stuff. Yeah, I had no idea. I came outside across the street, and um, they had us, like, in a cafe or something. And I look, I'm like, what you doing over here? And he gave me, like, a look like this. And I said, wait a minute. That's He's like, yeah. I'm like, damn. But shout out to him, though, and everybody there. Yeah, right. that fire insurance, he good. Yeah, he was a sneakerhead too. So I, I'm like, yo, I saw your kicks were up no, there. He's like, yeah, not his like, sneakers. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, you gotta put insurance on that. <laughs> you gotta put insurance on that. Yeah. Word, for real. Gotta go to my questions here, man. Shoot because um, this is serious. I'm like becoming a real journalist right now. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, yeah, dude's just making me up. Yeah, man. So and. And being, and and, and and making your decision, like 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 I know you you have probably discussed it with your family, and, and everything. What was your mom or anybody, your sisters, anybody um, against you being a fireman? Nah, no. I had the full support of everyone. Full support. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Let me see. I mean, you had people who ask questions though, like, "Are you sure of this?" But as far as my family, it wasn't really, you know. How like how, how your peers, like 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 the dudes you born with, dudes in your hood. You know, like I'd say, they, they, they're proud. You know, they did. Nah, that's dope, man. Like, yo, my man, my man's a fireman. That, that like, that, like I'm, that happens a lot. I'm using that in the club all night. That happens sometimes. One time, doing? I had to tell my boy, I'm like, yo, stop saying that right away. You know what I'm saying? Stop telling yeah. people that's what I How do. How you doing? Oh, yeah, that's nah, my man's a fireman. <laughs> yeah, out the gate. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm coming in the joint with his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this my man. You know, a fireman. Just in case. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we rocking with yeah. that. Like, you kidding me? For real, like, you know, <laughs> I should watch her, watch her. Yo, get her, get her, get her. Carry her over, man, you know. Later for that. Like, my granddaughter would be hyped. She'd be like, oh, you're a fireman. And your face, and she's like, there's a fireman. He's a black fireman. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah, she's I mean, mad and inquisitive. They want to know. Uh-huh. I said, so, like, the kids, when they see you, they be, like, hype. Being, a, especially, yeah, being black, right. definitely. Because what happens is, um, like, before that, I, my job, I worked in Manhattan, okay. you know, all parts of Manhattan. Right. And I knew Manhattan like the back of my hand. And, you know, growing up at the time before Brooklyn was gentrified, we hung out in Manhattan, right, we parted right. in Manhattan. So um, I was like, well, listen, that's where I'm going to go. And, right. you know, at the time, before I got on the job, like right before I got, a little bit before I got on the job, when I knew I was, my time was coming close, I was single and I was like, yo, I'm going to go to Manhattan. That's, you know. Right, right, right. That's where but, it's at. Right. But as I'm in the academy, and the job is, uh, it's a generational thing. So a lot of guys who grandfather was a firefighter, their father's a firefighter, they're right. a firefighter. So they knew the deal and they knew what the places to work. So I hear everybody talking about, yeah, the 15th division and all of this stuff. And I'm like, found out that's Brooklyn. You that's know? smaller buildings? Like when you say like nowhere to work, like no, in the city, there's a lot of high rises. Neighborhoods. Okay. So usually poorer neighborhoods have more fire more and work. stuff. Right. So, <laughs> uh, 
you know, and you got all these guys who you got Irish, Italian, and all these other guys yeah. who come from other places, come from Long Island, Staten Island, stuff like that, and they want to come work there. And I'm like, well, this is my neighborhood. This is where I'm from. So you know what? I'm going to go work there. And that's where the action was anyway. Nah, that's dope. You know? That's dope. And I, at that point, too, I also didn't have much of a say. So it was like people could size you up during the academy, they know where they're going to send you. So right, right. they sent me to one of, like, the, I guess, busier places mm-hmm. on the job. So. And do you think that was because they felt that you were really equipped to do it? Or because they felt that the pressures might get to you. No, they sent me to a place where if if you couldn't handle the pressure, you wouldn't survive. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So they sent me to a place that's supposed to be like one of the you know tougher houses, but it actually like they actually before you even got assigned anywhere and knew while you were in the academy, they always referenced my house as like, yeah, you guys, you're gonna mess around at this place, and you know, and they like made it seem like it was a scary place. But that was the perfect place for me. Right, you right, know, right. I couldn't even really see myself working at any other place. Like okay. even with the the rough housing or the uh, I guess the tough guy it's mentality. A, lot of, macho, a lot of macho stuff going on. A lot of machismo, yeah, but it's 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 good dudes for the most okay. part, you know. And and then once it's regulated, once they understand that this is what you're here for and yeah. this is what you're not gonna tolerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You always gotta <laughs> wherever you go, you gotta, you know, yeah. I guess put it down and let it be known who you are nah, and stuff that's like dope. that. But that's dope. I never really had I never really had problems there. Nah, that's, that, that's big, Because so. you got a lot of people, like even in 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 in, in modern day society mm-hmm. right now, on their jobs, they're miserable. People are bullying them. People are um not doing work and leaving work for them to do. Mm-hmm. You know stuff like that. Whereas in your job, your profession, like everybody needs to really carry their weight. You know, right, in order definitely. to make everything absolutely. You know. absolutely. So like like like, what is it like? Like when like and it's sad though because even though you're, you're a fireman. But we have to put emphasis on you're a black fireman. Mm-hmm. It's just like Doc Rivers said the other day, why I just can't be a basketball coach? Why do I have to be a black head coach? Why do I have to be a black coach? I'm a coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the society is black and white no matter how you know matter right. how we how we um that's the way it is. Like when I have I understand what people are saying sometimes, but you know, I may have a problem with when people say things like that. Unless they're making a point when they say it. Right. You know, if they're being if they have like didactics behind what they're saying, then I get it. But um, especially with this job where there were barely any black firemen, you know, for a while. Right, for a period so of time. So for now, we're coming on, and it's like a whole new wave, and now the numbers are growing. So I remember, like, early on, people would, you know, so salute, like, and they'd be like, oh, or, or, you know, they'd be like, yo, what the hell is a black fireman? Or they'd look at you and be like, all right, I see you, you know. See you, bruh? Yeah, yeah. But and on the low, sometimes they don't want to give it up. <laughs> sometimes on the low, sometimes they just straight up. <laughs> yeah. Or the people lay off. You know, I'm in Flatbush, right. so <laughs> like everything all right, right there. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everything's good here. So, um, but there's a house that's uh, mostly black. Okay. I work. We work close by them, so we run in with them and stuff. That oh. was, you know, like it, it was done intentionally to, you know, I guess that's how that's how the captain wanted it there for the neighborhood and stuff like that. Right. Okay. Some of the older people would say like, oh, you know, we got to be seen everywhere, spread us out. But their point is like, nah, listen, you want to, I guess, concentrate. Something like the community. The, something like what the police should be doing, putting more people that look like you in these communities. You know, to I, I have, def- to have I definitely believe with that a person should be of the community they service right. because then you definitely see the difference in how of the service and you see the I difference in how they treat the people. I think too, like especially like you know, like especially like when it comes to the police, like a lot of times the situations become hostile mm-hmm. because an individual comes in, he's not from the community, he's not of the community, he doesn't really understand the behaviors of the people, mm-hmm. so therefore he has to be a certain way to take charge of the situation and then it's it's received wrong and then it's that conflict, you know? But I, with, most of the time I think I, I'm not even gonna say it's received wrong. Maybe sometimes it's but wrong. 
it's, it's just straight up wrong. No, it's because, wrong. Okay. Um, some people don't. The people don't. Uh, certain people don't see you as a human being. Right. And it's just a certain level of dignity they strip asked, from you. I asked a question the other day. We were having a conversation at work, right? And we we're talking about black and white and situations. And I said, they say seventy-five to eighty percent. Allegedly, I don't know the numbers. This is what you know. You always hear numbers that 80 percent of the police work is done by snitches, right? Then, when the police can't get something done, their argument is that they're not getting any community support because the community is instituting like the no snitch policy, right? They don't want to assist, right? Mm -hmm. That's the argument for not getting something done, right? But then, when you look at what's going on, you know what I mean? Like, um, prayers out to um to Jacob was Jacob Blake, right? Jacob yeah. Blake, his family, you know, um. Prayers go out to the, to him, but um, then when you have a situation like that or um, a Breonna Taylor and stuff like that, and then a, a cop watches someone kill someone, choke them, put their foot in their neck, whatever, and then they don't step up and say anything, isn't it at that time that the police are now instituting a no snitch policy? Absolutely. Right. So it I mean, gets that's the whole blue it gets, wall is. right. It gets misconstrued. But I ask like all the time, like after you swore to protect and serve and become a police officer at what point did you stop being a human being well like i said it uh it goes it goes back to the people who are doing the job right because um be, being where i am now i see things from a totally different perspective right and i always tell my friends that now i'm in a totally different position where you know growing up ensconced in a black neighborhood, you know, where everything around you is either black or some other kind of... Another uh, minority. Right. Shade, another shade of brown. Yeah, I, I, okay. I, I was trying to refrain <laughs> from using minority, but other right. people, but right? Yeah, and that's the bad thing with minority, too, because when you hear minority, they talk about us, but a minority is anybody that's a, not a white male. Right. So... Te like, the definition they use now, right. but technically, you know, it already has a negative connotation to it. Right. But... So that's another, that's okay, a whole different yes, thing. Okay, that's a whole other topic. Understood. But, so, you don't really, you know, see white people. And then if you do, it's usually that some job where the people are holding their tongue or they may be somewhat Being liberal reserved, or, right. yeah, they're in a professional environment to where it's a totally different world, mm -hmm. you know. Where I am now, it's like everybody keeps it funky. And, you know, you, you see the difference have of you those had, people. Have you had to ever check a coworker for his behavior? Uh, I'm talking about in reference to like being um, like um, I wouldn't. I, won't, I don't want to use the word racist, but I wouldn't. I mean, that's what nah, it is. you could use the right. um. Guys, guys are careful. Guys are tr guys tread a certain way, you know. Uh -huh. and, and guys will do when you're around. There's certain things that just that, won't they, happen. That, that, that. But Understood. both ways, we all we're honest with each other, you know. And people, you, they are who they are. They're gonna mm -hmm. say what they're gonna say. But being there, like, excuse me, during the election. You know, then like the Trump election, you see things a little different, you know. And I mean, the numbers out there now, though, like how people would have never thought that, especially in a place like New York. But then when the numbers came out that Staten Island voted for Trump, right? Now, I, I don't even get involved in the political stuff. Right. I do my research, I do the knowledge, but I really don't think that it really changes anything, okay. at least on a on a grand level. Because right. I say to people all the time, I'm like, no matter who was the president, your life has probably been the same, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so. You know, and it's a whole different system that's incorporated that runs the show. Right. But so that going back to saying, I see the other side now. 
you know, and I see how these people think. I see how some of these people feel. I see what the real deal is. So it it's an I would say it's, I feel like it's an asset because I'm not hit, you know, I'm not blindsided by certain things, you know, and I like to harden myself to a lot of things. Okay. And this place helps me do that, you know. Okay. So there's some people that will just justify anything as long as it's done by a certain person. So a person can straight up uh, be in a dead wrong. Yeah, they be having a man crush. That's and what a, I call it. Like, they yeah. just want to tolerate whatever this person does. Like, it's cool. And a dude will just justify it because he sees himself. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's why I said that people from the community should service their own community because I know how I, I... Sometimes I understand why a brother's doing something. Right. You know? And I can talk to him different. Like, yo, bro, listen. And we can have a different rapport and I can de-escalate the situation that right. way. Or I can help things move along that way as opposed to right away a person's like, this fucking asshole, who the fuck you think he fuck? Yeah. And now you're already looking at him like, yo, who the fuck is this white dude talking to me like that? And yeah. things get crazy. Yeah, and it, you know grow, what I mean? It grow, it grow. But now a person, if you're a white guy talking, you see another white guy, you like... Oh, you know, that's just little Johnny or Timmy yeah. or something. You know, you treat him with a with a totally different set of gloves on your hands. Mm-hmm. So, um I I don't think that back to the police, I don't think that it's they oh now that I'm a cop, it's different. No, that thing it was already no, there. Was already they are who they are. Some right. people they they never even came in contact with anybody in the hood or the right. ghetto until they got a new I job. Used to, I used to always say like it's like sad because like they're not even allowed to police their own community, so you stick them in the hood. So therefore they like you're not even worthy enough to police it. Your own kind, and then they put you in the hood and everything. So you angry, and it creates situations. Well, they have they have their justifications of why they don't want to put people in their neighborhoods and right. stuff like that. But then if you look at small counties and towns where the sheriff, the whole family lives, the, the whole and the, lives and the on the block. You know right, what I mean? Right. Hey, but, hey, Jerry. Yeah, like yeah. The, you can go to the sheriff's house. Hey, sheriff, listen. You know, the guy next door, blah blah blah. Uh-huh. But I definitely think that uh, that should be changed because it's a different respect and it's a different love that you have for right. people that you recognize and that you know. Because I see the, the, the disparity in arrests, you know what I mean? A mm-hmm. lot of guys, I hear them tell stories now about, yeah, this time I did this. And they do a lot of crazy shit that I'm yeah. like, what? And I'm like, I would never do that. Because if I did that, I'm getting 10, 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. But you do it, the guy's like, the law, ah, he's just a knucklehead. Yeah. Or he knows his nephew. Like the or he knows his uncle. Dude, right? Like he was you know, trying to stop the people, right? Like this is bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's another, <laughs> that's a whole crazy. other, that's just, that's <laughs> like, just America. That's just yeah. how that is. Like you what, know? What, what can we do, like, you know, like, like on, on, on a grand scale or even locally, like what can we do to, um, like encourage more young African American men and women to like pursue this pursue the career of a fireman, well, firefighter. One thing for sure is that the work was being done. It okay. was being done. It is being done. You know, before the pandemic, you're out there recruiting. You're out there trying to you know encourage people to take the job, or at least enlighten them to what the right. job is like, the perks of the job, and what you're really doing. <clears throat> and it's up to them if they're gonna take it. You know, right, I mean, right. you can try to guide or. I don't want to say persuade, but you know, convince them like, yeah, this is a paint, you know something to do, right? But like a recruiter, yeah, right? that's <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's, the story. That's officially what it was. You no know, you had people out there recruiting, trying to get people to jump on the job. You know, right? So that's um, it's a great job, man. It's 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 a great job. Now, salute to you, man. It's big, man, and like to 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 know you and to like see because I used to, I used to like you know see you play and everything because like all y'all guys y'all came up after us mm-hmm. playing and we still love the game so we at the games and I'm watching you so you made you making a move and the guy like oh, he's strong as hell I'm like dude he's a fireman like <laughs> he's supposed to be strong yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he like 
ain't no fireman. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, but he's black. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, Definitely. Okay. I'm never, I'm never having a conversation with this dude. A, a lot of people didn't know, and I didn't let a lot of people know, and then people always surprised, like, yo, I mean, like, to see people while I'm working, they're like, yo, come on, tonight I ain't know that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't put that out there too much, because they try to, they like to regulate things yeah, you do, yeah, too, yeah. you know? Because you always, no matter what, at this point, you're always representing the job. You're always right. representing the department. Right. So there is no real off duty. If I do something crazy right now, mm-hmm. The first thing the paper would say is New York City Fire, Fire man, right. and then my name. Right, right, you know? right. Absolutely. So that's that's how that goes. Oh, it's it's crazy. I'm going back to my notes here, trying to stay. Um, it's especially in these uh, times. Yeah, these times is different, man. Okay, so like as a firefighter, like you've traditionally worn a mask to protect yourself. What can you say to our viewers? Who are watching S Street Media? So subscribe, like, and share. Don't forget, people. You know this is a bridge the podcast. I'm so consumed with my guests, man, that I didn't get to shout us out and everything. But shout out again to all the people that are doing the right thing, man. Whatever your profession is, man, rooting for everybody that's right hustling. Up, right on. You know, man. So like, what can you say to our viewers about wearing a mask and adhering to the new safety requirements that are in place amid COVID nineteen? I don't even think I have anything to say about that, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, yes, it's just so I much. Stuck with you. <laughs> it's so much. It's so much information that's conflicting. And it's right, like, right. I, you know, if a person was born into this, it'll be easy to right, just go along with it. it. But you know, a few people that have been living forty some years, fifty yeah. years, and you feel like, like they always say, like the world as we know it is coming to an end. Not the world is coming to an end, right, but the right. world as we know it. Right. And then you look at, um, you know, everything. That we knew is no more, like gentrification, you know, bike lanes. Remember, dudes was getting mm. smacked. Right, right, right. <laughs> then once they moved to the hood, now it's a bike lane. I'm right, like, yo. Right. I, used, I, used, I used to be a buck wild on my bike against traffic, Atlantic <laughs> Ave, no brakes. Yeah, now you different. You rode on Atlantic Ave, you different. Yeah, I was bugging. Nah, seriously, no I'm brakes too. I was now I was, now I was acting like them <laughs> at Atlantic Ave. I'm waiting for the lights, and I'm going across, and I'm yeah, going down yeah, Dean yeah, on Pacific. Nah, I'm not playing on Atlantic or Eastern bugging. Parkway. Didn't play on that, but um. Nah, but again, man, it's a pleasure having you, man. Um, definitely, um, I'm definitely um, hype. And what we do here, we you know, we kind of want to know, like, for you, what is bridging the gap for you? Like, 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 what do you feel bridging the gap is or can be? In just general. Yeah, in general. In, in general. Bridging the gap between what, as far as like, like the community, in li- our people, the community, or? our people, in, in your life, something that you know. That needs to be addressed. Um, I definitely feel like we need to build a community. See, we have neighborhoods, but we don't really have a community. Mm-hmm. And bridging the gap would be a lot of jobs or careers or things that directly affect our community, we need to take those spots. Right. You know, growing up, and I was a Pull pers- our money together and get some Absolutely. of these storefronts. And I was, a per- I was a person of the mentality of like, listen, you know, I want to go to college, I want to wear a suit, blah, blah, this and that and everything, you know. And once my eyes were open to this kind of job, you know, it was like, nah, this is this is it. This is what I need to do. So it's you a- make good, you make damn near the same amount of money, you know, as a, as a lawyer would have, you right. know. So some some guys make even more depending on what great, avenue you take. And it's a, it's a great feel at night when you close your eyes knowing that you truly made a difference. Absolutely. So That's big. I, I believe that you know we all we all live through gentrification at this point. Everybody right. from around here, and 
I never felt like, oh, I wanted to get up and get out the hood. I had a good time, man. My grandfather right. owned a lot of properties so at the time. So it was like, you know, I, I saw what it could be. Now, somebody else came in and gentrified it, but we can gentrify our own community. So right, whether right. you're out there in Maryland, Baltimore, all these other poor places that are being gentrified, because it's starting. A person from New York, I'm telling you, I've seen it. So you can get in on the ground, yeah, get, get your own stuff, yeah. right, and service your own communities too, because that's yeah, you how you create shout, one. Shout out on that note, you got to really shout out these guys that are doing that, like Karan Butler. He built a lot of affordable housing out mm -hmm. in Wisconsin. Kevin um, George. Kevin George. Um, um, Marshawn Lynch, he's been mad probably out west. And, Shaq um, Bissell too, I believe. Yeah, like a couple of dudes, Warren, Warwick Dunn. You know, dudes built a lot of properties for um, affordable housing and help people, man. Right. These guys that don't really get the shout outs, man, and got to really salute them. But like Nana said, like we really have to um, really find a way to um, – to really come together and band and be that force that we really that we really could be, mm -hmm. you know, man, that's big, man. But again, man, I want to thank you for coming, man. It's no like doubt. A, thank it's, you for it's, having it's a pleasure, man, and um, it's my firefighter friend. You know what I mean? Y'all <laughs> pay attention. Yeah, he's a firefighter. You dig? <laughs> you know. But um, nah, definitely here at a bridge the podcast. We want to um, really get people to understand that you know. Me and, me and my executive producer, my friend, my family, my brother, we love basketball. It's in our blood. But at the end of the day, we want everybody to understand, especially all you young people that look like us, we want you to understand that there's so many other things you could do that can help you be um, beneficial in this society and in this world to your families. Mm -hmm. And here's a great man um, doing, doing a great thing, you know, and... Um, you know, salute to him, man. Salute, 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 salute. to, salute to all, all the people salute. hustling, all the people doing the right thing. Salute to everybody that gets up in the morning, goes to work, comes home at night, go to bed, but does everything that they're supposed to do in between, man. For Let me real, ask you a question man. real quick. Does this championship count? From this year in 256? No, no. Oh, NBA? Hell no. Oh, yeah. 256? Nah, we put an asterisk next to unless the Bucks win. <laughs> if the Bucks, if the Bucks win, it's official. It count is in the books because I'm a no, Bucks no. fan. This, no, this one don't count, count, man. This one don't count. This one don't yeah, count. It don't count. Right? Nah, so neither did the year the, the, the Spurs beat the Knicks. Nah, that count. The strike season. Nah, that count. That counts. That counts. I'm a Knicks fan, but that counts. Nah, that counts. That counts. So if my Bucks win, we put an asterisk next to this. That's what you saying. What you mean? First of all, how are you a Bucks fan? You mean you're a fan of Giannis? No, I'm a fan of the Bucks. Of Sidney Moncrief, um, Marcus Johnson, uh, Junior Bridgman spoke about him on episode one. This dude is worth six hundred million dollars. He's responsible for feeding eleven thousand people. He has eleven thousand employees. He's the second richest basketball player in the country in the world behind Michael Jordan, and nobody mm. knows him. I'm a Bucks fan, baby. Yeah, you're a Bucks fan. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Marcus Johnson fan. used to work the dock out too. No, and shout out to Julius Irving, the great. But Marcus Johnson, they used to have wars. Julius Bridgman, Moncrief used to lock everybody up. All defense, five like five years in a row, six years in a row. So it was the best Bucks team there. The best Bucks team, I'm going back to them. Marcus Johnson, them. but I like Terry Cummins, Alvin Robinson, and all that. You know, my boy Lee Mayberry. Shout out to Lee Mayberry. We got to talk. You know, it's my guy. Um, What's the big man they had? Paul Jack Sigma. We had with the um, Bucks. Jack Sigma. We had um, no, no. We had um, we had we had um, yeah, we had Jack Sigma because Tom Chambers was with the Sonics. We had um, 
Um, Trenton Bridgman, Paul Pressy. Yeah, the best yeah. style shirt on the team. We, the Bucks. We. Yeah, yeah. The crazy, Bucks is man. out here. Best style, Biggie shirt, Biggie face on the other yeah, side of the shirt. Talk about heat now with the Bucks. The Biggie Bucks. The Biggie Bucks, baby. <laughs> Y'all already know what it the is, man. Bucks. Yeah. Shout out to all my my entrepreneurs out there, man. Like I said, everybody hustling. Shout out to all the clothing brands. Shout out to Dirt Bomb Fresh, Brooklyn Empire. Shout out to um. Shout out to everybody, NYMI. Shout out to my guy, man. I know this is going to be a rough week for us, MI, but, you know, um, stand strong. Shout out to Dope Moves, Inc. Shout out to Ray Dollar, the whole Respect Life crew. Money and Violence. Shout out to um, Bar Boutique. Shout out to the boy Quan, working hard, doing it. Shout out to Bossy and Black out of Jersey, man. I wore that shirt last week. Black Kings, man. That's what we are. Facts, facts. You know? So at the end of the day, man, you know, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Subscribe. Again, subscribe. S Street Media for all your marketing needs. Come holler at these people. They got an ill setup right here. Their promotion game is crazy. Their fan base, what they're offering is big. Like, no disrespect to nobody else, but we're in a real studio. I know y'all saw my, <laughs> I know y'all saw my man on the wall in the green screen. You know what I mean? So when he look at it himself, he's going to be like, yeah, that's me. You know what I mean? This is big. You heard? Yeah. So, yo, that's Appreciate it. Appreciate you for coming through, bro. We yeah, out, man. You shout out like yeah. a ball player, too. You already know. <laughs> All right, yo. <laughs> ah. Peace. Peace. Right. Out.